Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, returning guest. We did uh, some of our favorite episodes. The Creature from the Black Lagoon was a great episode. Misery was a great episode. Now that I've just been reminded, uh, brilliant stand-up comedian, all-around great guy. Uh, my little Korean finger heart. David Britton, how are you this evening? Oh, very good. I, people are Googling that right now. My little Korean finger heart. It's a thing. We it's a real thing. Shut up. It's porno, but it's a real thing. It, does, it definitely sounds like it. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm happy to be back, as always. Thrilled and excited. Yeah. No, it's good to have you. It's good to have you. And right here at the top, I want to, you know, usually we'll record an episode and there's like a two to four month backlog uh, where it'll come out. I'm going to turn this one around pretty quickly. Uh, I'll put this out a couple weeks from now because you've got something special that just happened, David. Is that right? Would you like to share that with everybody? Well, I wanted to make something up. Like, I finally lost my butt virginity. <laughs> so I wanted to say something stupid. He got, he got the Korean, he got the Korean <laughs> heart right in the butt. I was taking a drink of water. <laughs> it's, it's Pinot Grigio. I just pictured, like, like some like someone using their Korean heart fingers as, like, uh, what's, like, the, the force, not forceps, but, like, the speculum. <laughs> oh, sure. To, to open up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify or something. So it once again thinks 
my goddamn nemesis opera singing David Britton oh. put out my album, and it's got to be even more annoying for him because this guy's like a serious <laughs> opera, like classically trained singer who does big concerts. <laughs> and if you go to his discography, his newest release <laughs> is set to Possum Pals, and he can't be happy about it. That's is like who is this David Britton? I did not record a possum pals. <laughs> wow, you're doing kind of a Dracula accent, like. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy's actually from Nashville, Tennessee, so he's like, who's this? Uh, no, wait, I'm doing New York. <laughs> who's this fucking uh, guy? No, I'm doing Italian. Who, who's who's doing who did possum? Pretties, that ain't my album. That, that ain't, I didn't put out no, no goddamn possum album. <laughs> <laughs> like, he sings like all these like beautiful operatic songs and he gets off stage he's like, these people are fucking dumb as shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like Elvis. He's like, huh, where's my, where's my peanut butter banana sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit. That doesn't good. Well, yeah. So, so yeah. Go pick up that album, Possum Pals. I can't. I need. I need to go listen to it. Uh, yeah, it's me and my friend Megan Gilbert. We each do like twenty-five minutes on the album. Okay, nice. Uh, there goes Brent. Yeah, I don't Not see. Again. I don't see Brent anymore either. So I don't know. Wait. He's. I think he, he, turned, my wifi off. he turned his video uh, off while he's Korean harding himself. <laughs> <laughs> you got to Korean hard yourself. It's not even a dirty <laughs> thing. <It's> just... <laughs> Yeah, now it looks like you're smoking a joint. People can't see. <laughs> I was pretending to, st- to smell my Korean heart, but now it does look like I'm smoking a joint out of my nose. <laughs> I've never thought to mimic that. That's hilarious. Oh, no. We have lost every every BTS fan we have. Every BTS fan who listens to us just canceled, just what blocked our podcast. What if there's a guy podcast. who just smoked like a whole pack of Marlboros throughout the day, just like through his one nostril? Like it was just normal? Yeah. What do you think the crossover is for you guys between BTS fans and headcanon? Zero, zero, like zero. The Venn diagram, the Venn diagram middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, just like how many? People it's it's two it's two about? separate distinct circles. It's 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 <laughs> just two totally separate circles. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong because you got one. Right? <laughs> All right. Oh, you're a big you're a big uh, June oh, Cook wait, June Cook fan. I was thinking a BTO. <laughs> Oh, that's that's one perfect circle. The Venn diagram of our listeners and BTO listeners, that's just one perfect circle. Uh, what's <laughs> BTO? Bachman They're Turner Overdrive. Bachman Turner Overdrive, baby! David, what have you been up to lately? How's you're still in New York, yeah? I'm in uh, upstate New York in Schenectady. Yeah, this is how small a town Schenectady is. Like, I think on the front page of the paper, right before I was looking at it, was online, so I don't know. But like, 
We were a clue on Jeopardy. <laughs> There's the accent I was looking for earlier. <laughs> connected. He was a clue on Jeopardy. <laughs> so, very, so that shows you. Yeah, like, it was like this city is known for the most Amber Alerts ever. <laughs> <laughs> was there? Do you ever? Is there any pride, or does anyone ever mention that uh, Charlie Kaufman movie? Uh, oh, Schenectady. The or there was another like it, Beyond the Pines. It was no, no, no. The one that's like yes, yeah, but it's like Cynic Doach or whatever. However you pronounce that, or is it also pronounced Schenectady? You know, there's a uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was the was the lead in that. Uh no, I've never seen it. I mean, yeah, people do mention that there are a couple movies either about Schenectady or there's one called Schenectady. There's a movie called I think Beyond the Pines. That's set in Schenectady. It's known locally as the Electric City because there was a big, it's, there was a big GE plant, and now it's a smaller GE plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like the local <laughs> claim to fame. I've always had in my mind because no one can spell it correctly, and it took me forever. You know what? I'm not going to tell you about this. This is so boring. I was about to tell you the, the little song I sing in my head to remind myself how to spell Schenectady. And I'm like, what are you doing? I want to hear the song. <laughs> well, <laughs> Fair, okay. It's out of the bag. It's out of the bag now. I imagine it's like a PSA and it's set in the 1920s. And some guy's in like some office filling out a form. And he's like, how do you smell, spell Schenectady? And somebody burst in in their fedoras and they're like, hey, this guy don't know how to spell Schenectady. <laughs> well, that's easy, fella. You just go S-C-H-E-N-E-C-T-A-D-Y. Say, that is easy. And then they go out and, <laughs> and then there's the mayor. And then he does a little like bridge that goes, Schenectady, you've affected me. And to the people who've elected me. I want you to know wherever I may go. I'll always be standing by my S-C-H-E-N-E. And then a little kid goes, C-T-A-D, right? That's right, Billy. <laughs> That's how you spell Schenectady, folks. Yeah. I love it. That is a weird spelling of a word. Do you know what, like, where does that come from? What are the roots of that fucking word? Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's got to be either Native American or Dutch. <laughs> right. Because those are the two populations that were around here. I, I think I just saw Brent's laptop light up in his face, so I feel like he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing was, I was like, how do you spell Schenectady? <laughs> <laughs> well, you are like, S-E-H. You can't just go S-E-H-E-N-E-C-T-A-D-Y. I think I got it now, yeah. Got it. Okay. If I ever shoot that video, the mayor will probably kiss me up full on the lips. Yeah. Dude, I was get like you need yeah, you need to get in touch with the with the Schenectady like travel board or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, those guys gotta be hurt. They're looking for anything. Yeah, right. They're what what is it called? The tourism tourism committee or whatever. They might not even have one. I could start it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we we do have, and I live in, what they claim to be the United States' oldest historic district. Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was the first, like, in the 60s, they're like, we want to be a historic district. And probably everyone was like, what the fuck is that? They're like, trust us, we're making one. Right. We're, like, <laughs> we're making okay. history. Making history with our historic district. Yeah. 
all the houses around here are from like the 1700s and shit. So. Oh, I, I like that. So it's not it's not necessarily the oldest neighborhood in the U.S., but it's the first one that was like, "Yo, we're historic." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's correct. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, speaking of possum pals. I feel like that uh, that transitions nicely into the beginning of our movie, which had weirdly had a bunch of possums I was not expecting. Uh, and I believe one armadillo. An armad- I saw an armadillo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were some weird animals. But uh, but David, do you do you want to tell us what movie we're talking about and kind of why, why you chose it, why it jumped out to you? Okay. Well, I know you guys are doing – you're doing all horror movies, yes? Every, all, every horror movie ever, yes. You're trying to do every horror movie ever. Mm-hmm. Just major releases. Uh, <laughs> Maybe just, just do... to start with. To start with. Okay, so um, I was like, "What <laughs> classic horror movies?" Well, first of all, you know, you've done so many mm-hmm. that it's like, "What's left?" And then I had just done a uh, production um, of the original Broadway version the original broadway script of dracula oh nice cool so dracula was written like by bram stoker in 1880 something i think around the 1880s sounds right and and then it uh became a broadway play in 1927 um after stoker's death but i think around 1927 and it was a big hit on broadway at the time and so I was just in a group that redid that play. So it was on the top of my head. I hadn't watched. And then the movie was supposedly based on the play, although it did not seem very similar to me, although some of the lines were the same. Yeah. So well, I've been wanting to watch the 1931 movie with Bella Lugosi, who kind of defined Dracula ever since, like every you know, the classic Dracula, Count Dracula, we think of as Bela yeah. Lugosi. Um, so I've been wanting to see it. I, You guys asked me if I want to do the podcast again. Thank you very much for that. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's, this is a perfect chance to watch it. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you chose us because I feel like a lot of the movies we've done are vampire movies. And, I, and maybe that's my own personal preference leading things because I, I love like werewolf stories and like, you know, uh, but I feel like most of the movies we've done, if you look at the classic monsters, are werewolf or are I'm sorry, are vampire stories. I think maybe I'm just partial to vampire stories. Um, but back to what you said, I I believe this movie, from what I read, was was kind of a synthesis of the book, uh, Bram Stoker's novel, and the stage play, which I think uh, Bela Lugosi played Dracula in the state on in the Broadway production as well. As he we, did, yes. As well That's as right. one of the other, who was who was the other one? Van Helsing, or it was one of the other actors was also on Broadway and got pulled into the movie. Yeah, I didn't know. I knew uh, Bella Lugosi definitely played it on Broadway and then played it, uh, yeah, in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no armadillos in the play or the book, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Yeah. Where that who had something like wild ass director was like throw an armadillo in there. <laughs> well, and, and I do feel like this guy, the director Todd Browning, right right before we started recording, I, I was reading a little bit about him, and he sounds like a uh, an interesting guy. And I feel like the armadillos and the possums probably were his like aesthetic uh, taste because the he directed a bunch of movies, but the other one I think a lot of people probably know is 1932's Freaks. 
was also directed huh? by Todd Browning. Oh. And he came he came from like a middle class family. His uncle was Pete Louisville Slugger Browning, uh namesake of the Louisville Slugger baseball bat. Hey, pretty nice. Everyone's involved with bats one way or the yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Badoo. Oh, nailed it. But he So then this guy, I think his name was Charles when he was born, but he changed his name to Todd Browning. I guess Todd is German for death. And he, when he was like 16, he ran away with the circus. He like, he like ran away and became every a, kid's dream. Every kid's. Yeah. Yeah. Just like ran <laughs> off with the circus. So super interesting guy, this Todd Browning I, from what I was reading. But. Wow. That's great. And then he ran away with the circus and then somehow ended up in Hollywood becoming a director. Yeah. Ended up, ended up doing movies. Yeah. That's pretty fucking tight. That's good. Makes me want to run away and join the circus. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, worked for a local carnival a few summers. Not the same. <laughs> no, slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> what well, what what role did you play in the stage play of Dracula? I played Renfield. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Which is a fucking choice role. Yeah. And. I would say I played it. I loved the guy in the movie, how he played Renfield was really fun. Yeah. But I played it even crazier, to be honest. Yeah. I, I was like, I did a lot of crawling around on all fours. Like I would enter the scene, like kind of (laughs) running in on all fours and like was hunched down a lot. Like, yeah, most of my lines were delivered from the floor. (laughs) That's our half at least. That was going to be my guess. I was going to guess that you were Renfield, actually. That was that that was my casting for you. I was like, you got to be Renfield. <laughs> it's a fucking choice role. Like, you have uh, Van Helsing in the play has the most lines. Dracula actually doesn't have that many lines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really driven by Van Helsing, like, saying vampires are like this, and this is what we need to do, and everyone else being like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and Jonathan Harker not paying any attention at all to anything Dan <laughs> Helsing is saying. Harker don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> in the play, it's very different because in the play, also I having done a little more theater now, I see this is more common is that everything takes place in the same room pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. In the play, it's all in the same room except for like the the very end um so uh and and in the play no one knew dracula like before he came to england like he comes to england and they're like oh we just met this guy and all these problems are happening and they have to figure out it's because of him the weirdest thing to be in the movie is like i don't know if you've read the book i read the novel like way back in my 20s but the whole idea is John Harker is this estate agent or something yeah. who goes to Transylvania and he meets Dracula. It's always John Harker goes to Transylvania and meets Dracula um, and comes back to get him the estate. But in this case, it's Renfield. Yeah. Like, that threw me too. Yeah. That was really – when he said Mr. Renfield, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought I missed something. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Because I think I've I've read portions of the book. I don't know if I've read it all the way through, but I think, I think I go to my mind goes to the which I, actually it was released today, uh, November thirteenth, nineteen ninety two, 
was Bram Stoker's oh. Bram Stoker's Dracula oh, yeah? with with Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves and and all That's that. That's a coincidence. But um. Oh, I'm sorry. You were gonna and Winona Ryder. Yeah. And Winona yeah. Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one, and it was supposed to be more true to the book than uh, others before it. You know, so mm-hmm. they said. But that was a great version. Yeah, I thought I've always loved that. Ever since like as a little boy, like watching that on HBO and we we covered it on this podcast. We just rewatched it recently and I was like, that it fucking holds up. It's a gorgeous movie, you know? Yeah. I listened to like a podcast about that movie. A different podcast about that movie. Oh, like oh, sh- how, okay. I, I'll listen to yours <laughs> and then I'll compare. <laughs> <laughs> but they were saying like the director on that was like he we was firing people left and right. Oh yeah, I think I think uh, Francis Ford Coppola, I believe. Yes, was, it is. Yeah. Yes. Which another interesting thing about this guy, uh, Todd Browning, who directed this, I guess initially they were considering Lon Chaney for Dracula, but <laughs> he he died right before they started filming, and he and Todd Browning were good friends. So Todd Browning like. Already a pretty like degenerate alcoholic. I guess he he was like in pretty bad shape during the filming of this movie, and a lot of it like he leaned a lot like pretty heavily on the second unit director or whoever it was to get this movie made because he was just like kind of out of his gourd during the filming of this movie. <laughs> so, well, that guy did a great job because the movie <laughs> looks incredible. Yeah, just the look of like every scene looks like a photograph. Like it yeah. looks awesome. Yeah, especially the shots of Bella Lugosi, where it's you, it's like you get these close up shots where there's this like uh, bright, like his eyes are highlighted. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that effect. Yeah, I always like that about the Adams Family movies with like Morticia. Because regardless of like what kind of light they put Morticia in, she always had that like Bella Lugosi like, yeah. like just sort of like glimmer, like little spotlight in her face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So many things like of that movie became like iconic, are like so in fact past iconic to the point where it's like, oh, we're just we think it's almost cartoonish to have that <laughs> there now. But yeah. I'm sure. Well, and and even yeah. like the the line. Where he's like pouring a drink for himself in Renfield, and Renfield's like, "Are you not having a drink?" And he's like, "I never drink wine." Well, yeah, like yeah. Right. that—that's been done in almost every Dracula incarnation since then. And if you go back and listen to the theme song of this show, Headcanon, there's a line oh. where, where I say, "I never drink wine." It's and you know, so we're gonna need a bigger boat. So yeah, I never <laughs> yeah, drink yeah, yeah. wine. So you're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the. Um, it's kind of on the same vein as what you're saying, but like, there's like these little like jokey things in the movie where, they, like, they're wondering like who murdered these people or whatever, and they're like, well, they, they actually say that they go like, like I don't know who murdered these people, and they're like Count Dracula, like, so that he like walks. Oh in yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I yeah. remember that. That's a great thing. Yeah. Although I gotta say, weird. there was like one major thing that threw me was like. Uh-huh. And I don't know if this is just editing or pacing or what it is. You know, this is 1931, fairly early in early Hollywood. Um, But Dracula, like he comes to the to Europe and he's he like he kills that one woman like right off the boat. He like he he bites somebody (laughs) like immediately. And then and then it goes to him going to that play 
and meeting Dr. Seward and Mina and Lucy and Harker in the balcony of this play. And then it it cuts to him like sneaking into Lucy's room in the middle of the night and he bites her neck. And just from what I know of the Dracula lore, I thought I didn't think she was dead. I thought, you know, because when Dracula is turning someone into a vampire or a bride or whatever, he'll drain them like slowly over the course of over the course of time. He'll visit them every night, drink their blood. They'll drink some of his blood. There's like a little Korean heart orgy going on for a week or two. So but so he bites Lucy and then it cuts to Dr. Seward and a bunch of doctors looking at this dead woman like, oh, we've. You know, there are two bite marks on her neck. I thought it was the woman from right off when he got off the boat. And I didn't I didn't realize that Lucy was gone because there's no scene of like Mina lamenting her the loss of her best friend. There's no mention that Lucy is dead until much (laughs) like 20, 30 minutes later. Somebody's like, oh, yeah, Lucy's dead. And I was like, oh, wait, (laughs) like I, I did not get that at all for the last like 30, 40 minutes until they just said that, you know. Yeah, it's very confusing, and also they talk about the woman in white. It doesn't isn't Lucy the woman in white? That, yes, that's Lucy. Around. Well, and that that's when it clicked for me. I was like, oh, Lucy's dead and gone, and she's the woman in white now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's another. Here's another weird thing between the book and the play and the movie is that I think in the book Harker was engaged to Mina, but then in the play he's engaged to Lucy. Oh, like really? It's Lucy and Mina's already dead. And so Lucy is the main female lead in the weird. play. That's weird. And it was weird for me to watch it to keep making that switch. Like, they basically switched their roles for the movie. And I have no idea why. Yeah. Now I want to go back and see how it is in the book. Because, again, I think my main reference point is that 1992 version where Winona Ryder plays Mina and and Lucy is the other woman right who who becomes yeah and i think that's how it was in the novel and then they switched it for the play and I think switched so too. it back for the movies who knows yeah it's very weird oh i wanted to there's this one you brought up the scene where the maid just comes in and says count dracula yeah <laughs> and our version for our director like we were injecting little bits of humor into the play here and there and the, the, our director had um, the maid come in and go, Count Dracula, Count Dracula. And then she goes over and rings a bell, like really loud because everyone's ignoring her. He goes, Count Dracula. And then they're all like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> like, the bell becomes like this running gag where at one point Dr. Seward is ringing in it and she comes in and snatches it out of his hand and puts it down. Yeah. And then I snatch it out of Seward's hand at one point. It's like, just this weird thing he wanted to add. It worked. It would get a laugh. <laughs> nice. I, have you ever – I almost mentioned this earlier, but we a movie we covered recently, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, American Pie Pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap yeah. it. Snap it. But, yeah, I think he says this. Yeah, because Cheech Marin goes off on this, we got horse pussy, cow, you know, chicken pussy. Yeah. <laughs> but he uh, – Oh, but there's one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when George Clooney goes in and he's trying to rent a motel room and he like rings a bell and nobody comes oh. up and he rings it again. He's like, bing, 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 bing. He like starts hitting this bell and this like old guy, he looks like he's like 130, comes out from the <laughs> back and he's like, what, 
what the hell do you want? And George Clooney's like, the fuck do you think I want, you mean old bastard? I want a fucking room. <laughs> and the old guy's like, oh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> That's fun. I don't know why, I just, I love that scene. I always have. No, he like takes the bell and he's like slamming he's it He's slamming the, the bell, yeah. He stops ringing it and he's just like, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I haven't seen that in a while, but that's a great movie. Yeah, I watched that with uh, one of my daughters recently, and I didn't tell her like what it was about or anything. So we watched the whole movie. Like she's like enjoying this crime movie with Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney, and then she we get to the halfway point or the three fourths point where you find out what the movie's really about, and she looked at me. She was like, "What the fuck? Like." What Wait a minute! This is a this is a vampire that movie. Great for that, I should watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, mean, I, was, I saw. Speaking of uh, movies, I saw the movie, the comedy movie Renfield. Rent, I watched Nick Cage. Yeah, I watched that recently as well. Yeah, I didn't realize because I always thought. Well, not always. I just thought when I watched Renfield, like I was like, "What? What a weird choice of eating bugs for power." Yeah, uh-huh. and then I watched this movie. In 1992 movie but Renfield goes and visits Dracula and then it feels like the very next day he's like oh yes master anything for you master anything I you know and I was like oh that that was like over the course of one night he's like yeah he turned it's like Renfield didn't even need to get turned like he was like on board he was ready he was he was ready to be dominated (laughs) by a Dracula daddy yeah character in this movie i mean in terms of like enjoyment watching him and as an actor like who who would you want to play like renfield just i mean he's got the most scenery to chew you know (laughs) yeah it's true i was talking to the cast when we were doing the play and we were talking about like who would you want if you were playing a different character 
who would you want to play? And almost everyone was like, oh, Renfield. <laughs> so just to play like a crazy person is so fun. Yeah. What was your answer? Uh, I think I said Dracula. Yeah. I, think I wanted to, It was because Dracula is like the opposite of Renfield. It's like he's very controlled and powerful and like – and Renfield is just like wears his heart on his sleeve the whole time and is out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Besides Renfield, yeah, I think Dracula probably is the most fun character to play. Second yeah. second to Renfield, maybe. I would not want to do Van Helsing because you just have so many lines. I've done it. And in both our versions, a woman played Van Helsing. And both of them, I think, were out of their minds by the end of the play. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is too hard. How long is the play? How, like how many? How, how how long is it? Is the runtime? I think an hour and a half, something like that. Oh, it's okay. Not like super long. Yeah. Maybe it's two hours. I don't. I don't remember. Okay. You were just <laughs> in it every night. I was in it. We did like ten. <laughs> we did ten nights or something. Nice. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. Man, I haven't done. I haven't done a script. I've been doing a lot of improv the last year or so, but I haven't done a scripted show in fucking. Long, it's been a long time, man. I yeah, I want. I miss doing scripted I've, I've, stuff. I've done a little bit of improv recently and and enjoyed it. I'd like to do more. So we got to switch. Yeah, well, so you you move here. You you take care of my family. I'll move to Schenectady, New York. S C H N E N C T A D Y. Still got it wrong. It's a- <laughs> I'll you get did it. N E N instead of E N E. E-N-E, oh, the Indian, yeah, I'll get it, I'll get I've got time, i got time. You get it, you keep working on it. If you spell it that way, the letter would still get you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you spell it correctly, you, like, open up a portal to hell or something. I just get sucked to Schenectady. I land in the house, and it's just my house. <laughs> yeah. If you're in Schenectady, though, and you spell it correctly, what happens? You have to just stay here. You should just stay there. Okay. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> Your nose falls off. <laughs> but I love, like, I, I love how Dracula, like, he's so, like, intimidating and weird to begin with. Like, when he first meets them, I, I wrote this down. He's like, to die, to be really dead, must be glorious. And he talks about, <laughs> yeah. he's like, there are things worse than death. And I'm like, yeah, this is a creepy motherfucker. Like, why are you guys hanging out with this dude? <laughs> And Lucy immediately, he says that, and Lucy's like, I'm in love. Yeah. And we've all known girls like that. Like, <laughs> the dude is like, man, you stare into the abyss, and the abyss fucking stares into you. You know what I mean? You want to glow with it? Which, which I, 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 you know, there probably, there probably are like a, a, a handful of emo, like goth girls, goth people who all it takes is to die, to be really dead. And like, oh yeah, I'm, yes, this is my Korean finger heart. I'm down, I'm loving this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And me too, I'm definitely, I, in college, I remember this beautiful redhead girl came into like some place where I was and she had on this leather jacket and uh, somebody I knew knew her and she walks into this group of friends and she's like, man, you can't find any fucking Coke in this town. And instantly I fell in love with this woman. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> I must tell you, we ended up dating for a while, and she was a goddamn moron. It was the worst. Oh. <laughs> Here's a bit of advice for people in there who shouldn't need it if you're in your 30s or 40s. Don't date people who are that into cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she wasn't, like, kidding. No, she was no. Being she, she was upset that there was no coke around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was You were immediately like... I can fix her. <laughs> Not with Coke. Not with Coke. <laughs> no, I didn't want to fix her. I wanted to be. I wanted to like, he, wanted, cool. he wanted to, he wanted to, he wanted to break him. He wanted to yeah. break himself. He was like, I can break myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be an easy way to do it. She'll never hear this. She's a nice girl. No. <laughs> would you say, would you say that you were taking care of business? Song, I would know the song, yeah. know the name of the band, but I have never put the two together. <laughs> Great job at just like figuring out that's what the reference I was making. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Well, I thought, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> well, when you said taking care of business, I started thinking of that song, and I was like, wait, I know Brent well enough to know he probably figured out. <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, which also you know Brent Terrence Owens BTO being his initials. Uh, you know? What? <laughs> my god i didn't even know that yeah. that's amazing my, well my father finger hearted my mom <laughs> was in bto and they had me that's how babies are made <laughs> that's how babies are made oh man but i just remembered my uh my maybe my third favorite character in this movie is martin just like the cock, the cockney like sanitation worker, and I like yeah. especially the scenes where he's like he's right in front of Renfield. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah. this bloke's crazy. He's out of his <laughs> fucking gourd. We gotta put him back in his cell. <laughs> he got out again. Yeah, he's, he's a like, fucking loony. He's like, he's a loony. He's like, yeah, he's in the like, sanatorium. Everyone knows he's crazy. You yeah. gotta rub it in. Dude. Yeah, just right to Rinfield's face. He's like, oi, this this boy's a fucking. He's fucking out of his gold. Oh, and then, like, the, the rich people have to, like, deal with Renfield, too. Like, he, like, walks into, like, some. It's, like, half mansion, half, like, asylum, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just walks in all the time. Because he keeps escaping from his room. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, they well, put less like, money on the mansion part and more money on the <laughs> asylum part, right? Now I remember everyone's second choice of who to play was in the in the play he's called Butterfield. Okay. And everyone wanted to be Butterfield because of that accent. They all wanted to be like, oh, he's climbing down the road. Like, <laughs> what am I, a plain mountain goat? So like, it's oh. the so it's it's the character of Martin, but his name was Butterfield in the play. Yes, and okay, so actually, this is the second year I've done this. Mm -hmm. So the first year, somebody accidentally called him Butterworth, and then the rest of the run, we couldn't remember. And if you paid close attention, you would have noticed that some people called him Butterworth, and some people called him Butterfield. And I like in the, the same show. Like in the same show. You would, probably, you would think with, we Ren with Renfield being right there, you'd think it'd be easy to remember. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's all right, girl. My name's a bit flexible. <laughs> Come on, Renfield. Yeah, 
Call me what you will. <laughs> he was fucking great in this movie. Yeah. Well, and there's a scene Mark. where like he and he and the nurse are like down. They're like on the in the yard while there oh, there's yes. like wild shit going on in the balcony, and he's like. Oh, everybody is crazy but us, and I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. <laughs> uh, fucking love Martin. And then she, like, slowly walks backwards away from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking Martin. Oh, there is a... Did you guys notice? And I... I well, I'd seen something about this like a long time ago before I think I ever did the play or, but there's a scene in, in Lucy's room where Dracula comes in. There's like a little like piece of paper or something clipped to a lamp and it was clipped there for some lighting, you know, to make the lighting different. And they forgot to take the clip down when they changed the camera angle. So you can see it in two different scenes. You see like a piece of paper clipped to a lampshade. Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice watch. that. That's hilarious. That's cool. Yeah, it's just this weird blooper, like a stormtrooper hitting their head, like kind of thing. That got left <laughs> yeah. out of film. <laughs> yeah. Well, that show was probably so hard to like. They probably did notice it, but just was like, man, this would be so hard to redo. To re- back then. Well, and there were a couple shots. Like, there's a there's a very there's a close up of a cross early in the in the movie that's like totally out of focus it like it's not it's not even almost in focus and i feel like i I feel like they were just in in the editing room like well that's the shot we got we just got to fucking go with it like that's you know we're not going back to romania to shoot one cross right yeah right we we just got to deal with it (laughs) did they just send more cocaine to bella's room (laughs) (laughs) they'll be fine with it (laughs) That would have been like the easiest thing to reshoot, though. I would think a, a close up of a crucifix, like it's just like one, it's yeah. five seconds. You would think so, yeah. But I feel like a lot of this was, or some of this was rushed in parts for sure. Well, did you guys read that during the day they would shoot this film, and then at night a Spanish version? Yeah, totally different crew. Yeah, Spanish, all language. different actors, but for for the Spanish version of Dracula. Yeah. What? I, the, same, the same set. Same set and everything. So they used the same set with different actors. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the same Different script. director. Same script. Yeah. Whoa. Is that <laughs> crazy? That's fucking wild. Yeah. I kind of yeah. want to watch that. Yeah. Then there's, yeah, there's a 1931 Spanish version of Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see. I'm sure clips of it are on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But man, I, I would like to take a second to just uh, give a shout out to the hand painted, what I assume were the hand painted backdrops yes. for this movie yeah. that look sure. incredible. Yeah, yeah, those those matte paintings are, yeah, they're they're gorgeous. Yeah, the castle in the background or a lot of yeah, early on in the movie, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, and I I mean those must still exist someplace. I would think like somebody Ooh. has those like framed on a wall or something. Yeah, I, I'd like, you know, I'd like to think so, but I, I keep, you know, the more I read into like old movies and stuff like this, it's it's so disheartening, like how careless they were with, you know, because now we're like, oh, this is a classic, the 1931 Dracula. But even just in reading about this movie, I read about how the it's 1922, 1923, whatever, the movie Nosferatu, like they they didn't get permission from the Bram Stoker estate to make that movie. 
So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like a court settlement that decided in favor of the Bram Stoker estate. And they basically ordered every printing of Nosferatu to be destroyed, uh, which obviously didn't happen. There are still clips of it around. And I think you could still find the whole movie, I believe. Um, yeah, it's on YouTube. You can watch the whole movie for free with ads on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Go watch Nosferatu. Yeah, no, they did not pay you to say that. <laughs> no, they didn't. But just awesome pals out now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just how like just how like, and what was it? I, I'm not gonna remember the stat, but like in our first episode of Headcanon, Brent and I covered like the oldest horror movies, like from the late 1800s, early early nine 1900s, and and uh-huh. something like. 80 to 85 percent of the films of film that were that was recorded at that time have been lost since then you know yeah oh that's such a bummer man like but it makes sense because they're probably just making you know i'll make little projects or whatever at my house i'm like i'm gonna make this little thing but it's like i don't think it's any big deal and in my case that has been true yeah. but you just you don't know that you're making a classic piece of film you yeah. know, when you're making it well and especially back then i think a lot of the problem too was that the technology to to film things and to store film were like on these highly highly flammable reels which just like if there was a spark anywhere nearby like they would all just go up in flames you know so i'm sure i don't think that helped matters at all so yeah and it was expensive so there probably weren't a lot of backups of stuff although i guess they were sending physical film to the the movie theaters to show so yeah yeah who knows how many prints they had of stuff yeah. Well, that's the wild thing to think about because they're they're still finding movies like they'll find movies today that they were like, oh, this has been lost since 1930. And it's just like some dude had this random print in his attic and he died and then his grandson died. And now like his grandson has it. In, and he's like, oh, shit, this is like this rare silent film they've been looking for for like 80 years, you know? <laughs> Well, there was something, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, you remember the movie Stuart Little, of course, with <laughs> Michael J. Fox as a mouse. Yes, classic, classic film Stuart Little, yeah. There is a, a scene in Stuart Little where the rich family is in front of like a painting. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and some like uh, art historian watching Stuart Little with his kids was like, holy shit, that's like woman in purple or something. That painting's worth a fortune. It's yeah. Been, they thought it was lost forever. And like, sure enough, he got a hold of the production staff, and it was that painting. Yeah, the I re- yeah I read about that. Yeah, this rare ass painting just happened to show up in Stuart Little. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's like when like local weather people have like a spot on their neck, and like some some like dermatologist is sitting at home like I better call that lady up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I better, that's the bad version. That's yeah, the they're like I better I better save <laughs> well, a life I guess tonight. It's good that they catch it. <laughs> See. they're like they've got two puncture wounds on their neck obviously a dracula has been that lady oh my gosh i hate like it's so awful i remember when when, when the three of us did creature from the black lagoon like how they treat how they should portray women back then and stuff it's so hilarious well and there's 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 some of that in this movie you better go to bed now (laughs) go to bed now well there's that there's that one scene where like uh you know mina is like worried about 
she's like, I've been having these terrible dreams. And what? And Jonathan Harker is like, oh, silly Mina, go to bed, little woman. Like, stop. Yeah. He's like, like, I'm real comfortable in the chair, right? I'm just hanging out in my own house. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, stop thinking these worrisome thoughts and go to bed. (laughs) Think happy thoughts, woman. (laughs) But don't have dreams. But don't Don't have dreams. (laughs) He even said that, like, so condescendingly, I think he said something like, we're not, we're going to start thinking happy thoughts now, aren't we? Yeah. Like, what is she, five? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so condescending. But also, but along those same lines, like, man, just thinking of the hubris of Dracula to, like, imagine, like, feeding on someone's daughter every night, slowly turning them into a vampire, and then, like, Having the hubris to like walk up in their house the next day and be like, "What? What's up? My name is Dracula. What's going on?" Like, just like nothing's wrong, you know. <laughs> and even after he smashes the mirror, he smashes the mirror. Then he goes to leave, and he says, "The line in the play is." I detest mirrors. They are the playthings of man's vanity. But in the movie, he just smashes it and goes, I do not like mirrors. Van Helsing will tell you why. Yeah. And then he just leaves so Van Helsing can be like, oh, it's because he's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the blood out of your daughter. It'd be cool if like he like just tossed a couple bills behind him like to pay for the mirror. He just made it rain on, on Van Helsing a little bit. It's a real yeah. mic drop moment, like a mirror drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm out, Dracula. But but I love how, like... Yeah. E- e- 1931. Dracula, <laughs> but 1931. Even after that, Van Helsing, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, these are vampires. They can turn into sometimes wolves, but usually bats. And, like, Van Helsing lays it all out. And then a little bit later, Jonathan Harker's out on the balcony with Mina and there's a bat flying around and Harker's like, Oh, it's that darn bat again. I'm going to get this. Yeah. And it's like, God damn it, dude. Are you fucking like, what are you, have you not been paying attention this whole time? That bat is my favorite character. In the movie. <laughs> that bat is the horniest bat I have ever seen. It's just like, I'm, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> it's like bobbing up and down. Just hanging out in front of windows for like a, a super extended shot. Oh, it's so cheesy. <laughs> uh, and can I tell you, in the play, we had a bat. We had a bat on a wire. And the, the uh, stage director had like a pole, like almost like a fishing pole with a line. And when the bat would show up, it would just like, she would just like shake it. And, <laughs> and the people would crack up like, so, like it was the funniest line in the play, like that bat. And then there was another scene where she would like let it go on a wire that like went out over the audience. Oh, cool! <laughs> and people like, and it was just like this like plastic bat like that wound up and its wings would flap and its <laughs> eyes would light up and had LED like red light oh, up dude, eyes. That's fun though. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> was it like the the big mouth Billy Bass? It was just like <laughs> we go out in the line taking care of business. <laughs> Drop me in the water. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much I mean that was like the vibe of this bat that people would crack up this bat every night that's it awesome it was funny it was definitely very funny <laughs> oh man well I think the the one last note that I had before uh, uh, you know maybe we should wrap up here and go into headcanons is that uh, for our audience who may or may not know a Foley artist 
is somebody who records the sound along with the film, right? They'll like watch yeah, yeah. as the film is playing. They'll make all the sounds. They've got all these techniques for making different sound effects, whether it's footsteps or whatever. Any sound you hear in a movie, there's like a Foley yeah. artist, right? And I just, in reading about this movie, the Foley artist for this movie was a guy by the name of Jack Foley, uh, who apparently, I guess that's where the term comes from, is from this guy named Jack Foley, uh, which I, I was unaware of before tonight, that that's where the word, that's where a Foley artist comes from, is from Jack Foley, so. That's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to do a, um, a live radio version of It's a Wonderful Life. Uh-huh. That's like the next, and we're having a live Foley artist for nice. that. Nice. Like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And the woman who's directing it was in Dracula with me, so I'll have to tell her about like, I'm sure I'm going to see a bunch of those people who were who I was oh, yeah. in Dracula with, and I'll have to let them know that like that's where the term comes from. Yeah. Well, and and I remember there was a um, there was a show at the Indie Fringe Festival. Last year, maybe the year before, I forget the name of it, but it was like, it was basically Jurassic Park with the focus on the Foley artist. So it was, it, it, I didn't, I didn't see the show, uh, but it, it, it sounded fun, but it was like people recreating the sounds and recreating Jurassic Park, but it was all just like the sound effects. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. The one thing I wanted to point out before we got into headcanon is like I was talking about the painted backdrops and how cool they are, but there's one scene where Harker and Mina are are on the balcony and it's supposed to be outside, but if you look, you can see the two pieces of scenery coming together. <laughs> like you can see them like the corner that they make, so they're clearly not yeah outside. <laughs> and it's yeah i think that's around the same time where you've got martin in the grass like oh, everyone up there's crazy but you and me but my uh, but i don't know about you no springs yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you brought him up because i forgot how fucking great i fucking, I fucking <laughs> love martin so. but uh well shit uh was there anything else you guys want to dive into head cannons and kind of wrap up here i've got a small trivia thing about about Mr. Bella. Yeah, let's hear it. He was, he's from Romania, right? Well, I, don't, I have no idea. I, I know so. he's, he's Hungarian, which may or may Hungarian. not be, may or may not be the same thing. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. You're correct. I, I misspoke. Yes, he's from, from Hungary. Yes. Right? Yes. He, he was in the communist party there and got like, he, he got into a lot of trouble and he had to go. Oh, really? So he went to the boatyard and he acted his way onto the ship. Huh. Like how? Like what did he do? I don't know. It was just in this small documentary I saw on Tubi. That'd be great if he went up and was like, oh, I am the captain of this vessel. <laughs> and they're like, okay, come aboard, captain. Right. He's like, I'm the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, but he made it, and that boat went to America. And he, he like just like he started from nothing again. That's like awesome. he was like a pretty well respected actor in Hungary, and then went to America, just started from nothing, and then like worked his way up. That's wild. That's awesome. Well, and and <laughs> more like another thing I, f- I found interesting about Bella Lugosi was because this 1931. I mean, I don't know when the first talkie picture was, but it was like this. I mean, this is that era when you when they transitioned from silent film 
two talkie pictures. And in fact, uh, Brent, I think you mentioned there was a Spanish version of this film. They also put out a silent version of this film for, yes. for theaters that had not yet transitioned to talkies. So this is right on the cusp of that transition. And Bella Lugosi, as iconic as he is in this role, and you know his name, I know his name, like you think of it, you put him up there with, you know, Bella Lugosi, Lon Chaney, Boris Karloff, like he's one of the classic, yeah. but I guess he had a really hard time after this role um, because of his Hungarian accent. It was difficult for him to get other roles other than Dracula. And he did a couple. He what else was he in? He was in. Well, wait, Corey, can I interject just because yeah. it fits? Yeah. In that documentary, it spoke on that a bit. In that, dude, for the silent pictures, apparently actors were like freaking out, thinking that they were going to lose their jobs and not have careers anymore. Yeah. And Bella included. Like they, they were like, how can we possibly do any acting? Because he was a silent film actor before this. He never had to. He never had to use use his voice. Yeah. You know. Well, we know he was, did the Broadway version though. So we know he did plays. Yeah. I yeah. think he did it in another language. I think that it was, I think when he came over here to America, he did plays in his native language. Well, I, I, I know he did Dracula before, but I think that the thing about Dracula is the Hungarian accent works for Dracula. Oh, maybe that was it. But, yeah, sorry. But it, but it doesn't translate to like, you can't play James Bond with a, you know, you can't be like, yeah. you know. I am here, you know, I like it shaken, not stirred, you know. But, uh... Octopussy, uh, come over here. <laughs> There's a uh, new documentary out about Arnold Schwarzenegger where he had that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Do you know his dad was a Nazi? <laughs> Schwarzenegger's dad. Probably. I'm not his surprised to hear that. His dad was a fucking literal Nazi. That like, makes sense. fought in the war for the wrong side. <laughs> well, because he was in Austria, and Austria was on the German side. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I think was there. I think there was a Coen Brothers movie. I think, or there was some movie I saw. I think it was Coen Brothers about. It was set during the period of time where they were transitioning from silent films to talkies, and yeah. it was about part of the film. God damn it, I can't remember what movie it was, but it was it was about the struggle of like. Uh, silent film stars who like I remember there was this one actress who was like a famous silent film star and then they go to put her in talkies and she's like oh yeah oh this is my man Jacob oh I love him so much and they were like they're like holy fuck we cannot we cannot use that voice like yeah and then the guy named James Dub came around, <laughs> yeah. and he was able to recreate her voice. He created the dub, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen it, but this is the whole plot of Singing in the Rain. Oh, I have. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. That's the whole plot. Is there's this famous silent film. Uh, couple like they do all their movies together. Yeah. And, and oh, then, does she have a really annoying talkies. voice? It's I forget who the act the the male actor is somebody I know if I you know if I said his name uh, but then like the the woman talks like that and you're like and I can't stand him oh that's yeah David I'm I'm confusing singing in the rain with the Coen brother I'm conflating the two yeah that's exactly what I'm thinking of yeah oh cool yeah so that is what happens in singing in the rain and then Debbie Reynolds overdubs her voice yes yeah for the the movies yeah that's the whole plot of that movie. Yes. It's great. I love that movie. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah, singing yeah. in the rain. Well, they uh, might have been. Are you thinking of Hail Caesar? Maybe because I, they did a bunch of I, like. I think I'm combining those two movies in my head. Yeah, 
I yeah. think it's Hail, well, Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar was kind of like almost a satire of that age of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the uh the third in the Coen Brothers like idiot trilogy or whatever with George Clooney. I think it was that movie, Oh Brother Where Art Thou and uh Intolerable Cruelty, where George Clooney just plays a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at it. He's he yeah, really I love I love all of those movies, so Two weeks from now, we're keeping this vampire conversation rolling. We're talking about 2008's Twilight. So be sure to check that out. It's a fun conversation. And as always, you can find us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. Do either of you have a headcanon you want to share, or I can go first? Doesn't matter to me. Any order you want to go in. Yeah. I'll do it. Okay, go ahead, Brent. What you got? So, yeah, um, I I was kind of reminded of, like, a girl I used to date read all the Anne Rice books. Okay, nice. And she would tell me about them, and I only knew Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. Not as a book, even, just as the movie. But she, had, movie. she kind of filled me in that, like, like the books keep going, like like and keep aging, you know, and like they get to like where, where it's almost like the movie Blade, like the blood, the blood rave, you know, and where there's like things like that. There's like a heavy metal band, I think, in one of them, you know. Mm. Yes, yes, so yes. Like, well, that starts a heavy metal band. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so like I thought like this story could like 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 evolve, you know, the Bela Lugosi. And he changes his name to David Britton and becomes an opera singer. <laughs> I thought that'd be great in Tennessee. <laughs> and it, 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 it would somehow like tie that in with like with him getting to know you, David, and, and having to like almost like Highlander, yeah. Highlander you to where there would oh, only be one. Because I think yeah. Dra- Dracula is Hungarian for David Britton. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that actually reminds me of something else, David. I wanted to tell you. I was like, can I just interject real, real quick? Yes, I don't know. I, how fits, I don't know how it fits in, but yeah, I just yeah. wanted to say Hungarian like the wolf. <laughs> yes, that was BTO. That was BTO. Uh, he's Hungarian like the wolf. <laughs> That's funny. I was, I was going to tell you that I was one click away from being you for Halloween. I went as myself one year for Halloween. You did. <laughs> I used to wear this blues hockey jersey all the time, the St. Louis Blues, and I would wear the same black hat all the time. So I put a different black hat over my black hat. I made a pay- I took a pie plate or something and made a red beard that I put over my beard. And put a different blues jersey over my normal blues. Jersey. That's fantastic. It's the dumbest thing I ever. Did. That's hilarious. No, it's not. That's, That's hilarious. No, you're right. Yeah, you're a genius. <laughs> I was just going to say I've done way dumber stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, David, what do you okay. got? What's, what's your headcanon, David? Oh, was Brent done? I'm sorry. I interrupted I you think, to say I think Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting in this movie, like, it's saying vampires and werewolves are the same thing. Like, it says that in the play and the, and the movie. It's like, those are the same creature. Yeah. Um. Okay, so in my version, like... Um, cause Renfield also, and they, they do this for the play, like Renfield is kind of caught between Dracula and Van Helsing. Like mm-hmm. Dracula is powerful and Van Helsing is powerful. And Renfield just wants to be someone's little, like, he's like, give me the power. Yeah, he just the, wants to be on the, the winning side. Yeah. 
Yeah, and in the play, he's always going to Van Helsing and being like, "Save me! You are." He he even says, "You are you are strong, and I am weak." Like he says, and so I think what I'd like to see is at the end of the play, Dracula's or the end of the movie, whichever. Dracula's dead, and then Rinfield like goes out with Van Helsing and keeps hunting monsters together. Like that's the TV show. Yeah, that's the Netflix series. Yeah. Is Van Helsing and Rinfield? going around the world like hunting different monsters like supernatural style i see that's a great idea did you uh david did you see renfield with with nicholas cage and nicholas holt no i can't believe i didn't see it because like you know after having played that character like everyone was like did you see and i want to see it but i i haven't seen it i've heard good things you should it's it's, very funny it's a lot of fun yeah 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 it is a lot of fun I'll wait for it to come out on something. Yeah. <laughs> on VHS, yeah. Yeah, on VHS, yeah. I'll wait for it to come out 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my headcanon is that, you know, Dracula is always transforming into a bat, into a wolf, whatever it is. And so my headcanon is that I, his clothes aren't going to turn with him, right? So if he turns into a wolf, he's leaving his clothes behind and then as he gets close to his, his castle or his apartment or wherever he's staying, he's got to turn back into a man. So then so then I really want to see, like, Bella Lugosi and all his, like, serious grandeur, like, sneaking around naked, like, trying to get back to his house with people, people like, who's that naked man? But then also yeah. I thought he would retain the genitals of a bat. So he's got instead of instead of a penis and two testicles hanging down, it's like a large testicle on either side with a penis in the middle. So so you have this, wait. How do you know that that's what bat? I I had like. to look up. I had to look up some bat genitalia for this headcanon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I I'll be honest, David. I looked at some bat genitalia. Um, hey, I'm not judging. Because well, I know so some like really... some animals have a penis below the balls, so I was like, I was like, there's got to be a funny joke you can make with Dracula having animal genitalia, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so that's that's my headcanon is that people watch Dracula sneaking back to his castle, but he's got like weird fuck, fucked up bat genitalia. <laughs> so he's not he's not Hungarian, as they say. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that's well his Hungarian. that's his, his show place show is just called Hungarian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh shit. <laughs> well, it ain't gonna get better than that. Nope, we'll just end it now. Uh, David, it's been a pleasure. It's always good talking to you, man. Um, do you want to do you want to plug your your album one more time? Tell people what it's called, where to find it. Oh yes. So thank you for asking. My album, the new album, is called uh, Possum Pals. It's me and a very funny comedian named Megan Gilbert. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on Amazon. I, I think it's on YouTube. It's on, like, everything. So nice. just just search around until you find it. Use your skills. Like I said, for some reason, it's listed as David Britton, the opera singers. <laughs> it's on his discography, which I'm sure he's more upset about than me. Um, yeah, Possum Pals, new comedy album, David Britton, Megan Gilbert, please listen to it, and I hope you like it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, David. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone at home for listening. This has been Head Cannon. <laughs>